You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. In the name of Jesus. As we pray for God's kingdom to come in the Lord's Prayer, we can see in our Gospel lesson today how our Heavenly Father brings it about. Jesus teaches that God's kingdom isn't some sort of abstraction. Instead, it's a real kingdom, present in this world as it it contends against the false and counterfeit kingdoms of Satan, through which he exercises the rule of sin and death. Though we can't see the magnificence of God the Father's towers that adorn Zion's heights, nor can we see all of the angelic hosts. We do hear God's kingdom. And though it's hidden to our eyes, we hear it in the preaching of Christ. Jesus says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. Jesus said this shortly before he preached the sermon at Gennesaret's shore. He said it to a group of people who were trying to keep him from leaving them. Jesus said that he had to go preach. And so he did. According to his office as prophet, he came to to announce the the kingdom of God through the message of repentance and forgiveness, which delivers the fruits of his priestly office, his sacrifice upon the cross for our sins. What this means, dear friends, is that the kingdom of God cannot be separated from Christ's word. Because it's through this word that we have access to Christ's saving work. Dear friends, the word of God cannot be contained. Borders, walls, and fences, none of that can stop it. And so Jesus says, repentance and forgiveness of sins shall be preached to all the nations. And so the Holy Spirit, sent by our Father through the preaching of Christ, works faith in our hearts through the message of repentance and forgiveness. And it's trusting in this word that we receive citizenship in heaven. And this is happening right now, dear friends, because the Lord, being present in his word, is calling you to follow him. And so how do we know this is happening right now? How can you be sure that it's God himself who's calling you? Why should we seek it here instead of somewhere else? No, I know there are plenty of people out there who would rather look for for God's word to them, maybe in the depths of their own heart. Um, I know that some people out there like to search for the alignment of the stars in the sky. But you know what? Jesus doesn't want you to look in those places. Jesus isn't some sort of spiritual coach who encourages you to find your own spiritual way to discover the true meaning of life. No, dear friends, Jesus draws you to himself, to his very person, and to the word that proceeds from his mouth. And this is exactly what we see happening in the gospel lesson today. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. 
and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out from them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So just try to imagine the scene. The crowd of people are just pressing in on Jesus on the shore. He doesn't, have a, he doesn't even have room to teach them. But it doesn't matter. Jesus makes a pulpit out of a boat. It may not be the kind of pulpit that we're used to, but nevertheless, it's still a pulpit. And his congregation that morning didn't only include the people on the shore, but also the fishermen who were in the boat with him. You know, we have to think that Simon Peter must have been exhausted that morning from fishing all night, not having anything to show for it. He was with the excited people on the shore. He was washing his nets. He was a working man, after all, and the nets wouldn't tend themselves. Nevertheless, Jesus came to Simon Peter specifically. He interrupted his work and delivered the same sermon to Simon Peter that he delivered to everyone else. And so why is it that Jesus chose Simon Peter specifically? Why his boat? Well, there are two reasons. And the first one is that Jesus was calling Simon Peter into God's kingdom, along with everyone else on the shore. He was calling him to faith, the same faith that you are being called to today. Now, it's kind of funny how Simon Peter's situation mirrors our own. Because we know that it can be hard to get out to church services and Bible studies regularly. And I'm just saying that from my perspective. It's hard to get the kids up in the morning. It's hard to get everything organized to get and to get here. There are other things happening in our lives. It's amazing how little leaguers play on Sunday morning. I don't know, that, that just amazes me. But it happens. Then we have to think to ourselves, when are we going to spend time to take care of the lawn if not on the weekend? And what happens when your relatives come in from out of town? You're going to have to spend time with them. And what if they're unbelievers? It's kind of awkward, isn't it, trying to ask your relatives to come to church with you when you know that they probably don't want to be asked? And what if you have to work on Sunday morning? But dear friends, remember that the kingdom of God knows no bounds. And Jesus proves it here. He interrupts the necessary duties of the day to deliver his word. And I can only imagine that for Simon Peter, it must have been a little bit annoying or pesky or inconvenient, much in the same way that it must be inconvenient for us sometimes. But nevertheless, this message of repentance and forgiveness is exactly what we need. And so knowing what is best for Simon Peter, Jesus wasn't afraid to get his attention. In fact, Jesus wanted Simon Peter to learn how to be pesky and persistent and inconvenient because we know that he too would be delivering this same word of God to those who would become citizens and heirs of heaven. And this is the second reason why Jesus came to Simon Peter. He wanted Simon Peter to see exactly what preaching looks like from the pastor's perspective. He wanted him to see how all the people who were coming from all around 
to hear the good news being preached. Even though Peter didn't realize it, his seminary education had just begun. And as a good teacher, Jesus taught Simon Peter his lesson with a real concrete example that even a fisherman could understand. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Now it seems like Simon Peter isn't exactly sure what to think of Jesus. He calls him Master, which is a good, a good title. It denotes respect. But at the same time, what, what can this guy know about fishing? Nevertheless, Simon Peter hears the Lord and does what he commands. And dear friends, you know what happened next. As they let down the nets, they caught so many fish that they began to break. And then when the other fishermen came to help them out, they loaded up the boats and they started to sink. They were so full of fish. When, when Simon Peter saw this, he started to realize that this Jesus, he's not who he thir- first thought he was. Our text reads, But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Are you at all surprised by Simon Peter's reaction? Well, really, it's, it's not all that surprising, especially when we consider that, that he was a good Israelite that he knew his scriptures. And then seeing this wonderful work done by the Lord, he realized who Jesus was. He is the living God in the flesh. Simon Peter knew of his sin, and he knew where he stood before God because of it. And so he falls in fear before the Lord, much in the same way as the parents of Samson fell in fear before the angel of the Lord, or Isaiah, when he was called, also fell in fear saying, woe to me. So how did the living God deal with Peter? Jesus said, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. The first thing that Jesus does is speak a word of mercy a word of grace and a word of forgiveness to Peter. He absolves him. Sort of like in the same way when Isaiah had the hot coals touched to his lips, atoning his sin. So here Jesus is speaking a word of forgiveness to Simon Peter by saying the words, Fear not. Do not fear the presence of the Lord. For I have come to take away sin. The second thing that Jesus says, from now on you will be catching men. He's appointing Simon Peter to a new vocation. To the vocation of preacher. He calls him to be someone who will also speak the same message of repentance and forgiveness that Jesus himself had been preaching on Gennesaret's shore. And this is what the catch of fish is teaching both Simon Peter and us here today. Jesus, according to his authority of Lord as Lord, in the same way as he could call fish into the nets of the 
of the fishermen, so also can he call citizens of God's kingdom through the casting of the net of his word. Peter himself was caught. He, along with James and John, the sons of Zebedee, left everything behind, and they followed Jesus. They followed him, and they learned from him. They learned how to preach God's kingdom through casting his word. Dear friends, this same net is cast here at Hope Lutheran Church because it's from this pulpit that the same word that Jesus spoke on Gennesaret's shore is cast. And it's the same word that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost to the crowds who were before him. The very words which Jesus taught his apostles during their three years as, as his seminary students continues to be preached throughout the world as the Holy Spirit overcomes every barrier, every wall, border, war, famine, and yes, even the hardness of our hearts. And this is how the kingdom of God comes to you. It's through a simple call of repentance and forgiveness. Now, it's not flashy, is it? It might even be a disruption to your otherwise busy day. Yet, without this net of God's word being cast into this black sea of sin and death, you would be lost. But that's not what our Lord wants. Despite our stubbornness to hear the word, despite our laziness to study it, Jesus finds us. And for many of you, you were first caught in this net of God's word when, when you were, what, one week, two weeks old? Before you could even see a few inches in front of your face, the word of God came to you as you were baptized. Even then, Jesus was at work saving you. And for those of you who are old enough to even remember your baptism, you know that you're not the one who was baptizing yourself. Rather, it was God himself who was placing his name upon you. And he was claiming you as your own, or as his own. As time passes, as we learn and, and study God's word, we start to perceive the net around us. As we start to learn about Jesus and what he has accomplished for us through his life, death, and resurrection you start to realize that the kingdom of God is hidden under the humble words of a pastor. And what appears to be glorious and marvelous in the world's sight is really evil in God's. And so instead of trying to be a fish who tries to find your way through these murky waters of this world with your fail, failing and feeble eyes, you realize to perceive the world through what you hear. And you learn about the true life and the crystal clear waters of the resurrection is delivered really through a promise. And dear friends, this net of the gospel is easy to escape. It does not compel or, or keep anyone against his or her will. And indeed, this net will be painful as it pulls you out of these familiar waters into a place that you do not yet know. But don't trust your eyes in what they tell you. Hear the word of God. 
Listen to the promises of a new heaven and a new earth, which is free from the pollution of sin and death. And yes, as we're drawn out of this world, it means that we are going to die to this world. But as our Lord Jesus Christ has passed through these waters before us, so shall we follow him from death to life. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.